from Tacoma, Washington. This is the Off the Back Podcast. Hello and welcome to Off the Back Podcast. I'm Matt Bonjour. And I'm out of practice. And that's Danny Clark. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, we uh, This is our second pod of 2022. Two for 2022. 2-2-22. Two, two, we should have done it on 2-2-22. Two, two, yeah, but that, that's, that was a month ago. Wow, that felt like... Wow. That felt like that was... Did you do that on purpose? No, no. It was 2-22-2022. Yeah. We right? should have done so, our second episode no. on 2.22. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. Okay. Um, well, but we have, we're, we're here, well, to start off with, we're here because we actually have some real racing to talk about. As opposed to not real racing? Well, it's just, and, and I don't know, maybe it might be a bit too early to get into some of the opening races, but um, the season seems to start earlier and early and earlier and has like less and less important races even yeah. though some of them are really cool and um but it feels like this past weekend the umlop kern brussels kerns weekend is the the weekend where i don't know about for you but for me i come alive yeah and this is the first time that i woke up at like 4 30 in the morning to what to watch and Umlo. this was the first time that at like 10 p.m at night i finally was able to watch the <laughs> to watch the <laughs> danny you just gotta like switch things uh, up and you have to wake up early gosh, in the i morning. literally have to like ignore all social media feeds uh, yeah well and you got it how did you get it spoiled this time oh i think i think it was an accident i was doing like really good and then something just slipped I got on Instagram. And yeah, dude, Instagram is the worst. Things just went Be because downhill. you're like, oh, I'm I'm bored. I'm gonna reset and just look at bike pictures for a minute. And yeah, and of course, like anytime you see Wout with his hands up in the air, you're just like, oh gosh, him yeah, again, him again. <laughs> that guy. Wait, did you just spoiler the race? No, our conversation no, about the race. Talking about all those other times. No, I mean, I guess if we're podcasting, doing a race recap, and we talk about the result, it's yeah. hardly a spoiler. And if you haven't watched it by now, then we give you 24 hour grace period, dude. And as an opener, it was a it was a cracker. Yeah, it was like, a pretty good race. It was pretty pretty dang exciting but yeah it this is that time of year where yeah it just gets exciting to watch bike racing again it does we've got uh strada bianchi coming up this weekend which yep. is weirdly wout isn't going to be racing there and then Wout only raced one race this weekend he didn't do the double right so you know yeah that's he's weird like crazy selective on his uh selections and i figure like good for him right yeah. i mean he knows what he wants to go for and i guess i guess with his like cross load he has to figure out exactly when what's the priority yeah and uh, and measure his efforts etc um yeah. but anyway let, we'll talk more about that when we get into yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit more details we are going to talk a little bit about kind of some of the opening races and then we'll talk about this weekend racing and maybe look forward a little bit to Strada Bianchi, Strada Bianca, Bianca, Bianca. Hey, Strada Bianchi. <laughs> we can make funs of Italian funs. Okay. We can make fun can of we? Italians <laughs> because, like them, we are also white. Okay. For the most part. Yeah. Perhaps. Right? Perhaps. Isn't that kind of like? Isn't that the way it goes? Is that? Um, yeah. but before uh we 
kind of move into sort of like talking about kind of a week and cycling and, and the races, um, we do feel like we don't want to just continue on without at least acknowledging just the bullshit that we're seeing happening in Ukraine right now. Yeah. And that, you know, while I don't, I don't want racing to stop, but I think these things are just important to acknowledge and recognize and, and that that is something that we would like to see stop. Um, and, you know, it, I, I'm just curious, wondering, you know, what things are like in the Peloton when you do have Russian races in yeah. there. And I know the Ukrainian races are being very vocal about, you know, I think I was just reading an article like Popovich is ready to go back and kind of defend his country, which I think yeah. is just freaking awesome. Well, um, it seems like the, and, you know, look, this, this is a cycling podcast. This is an intersection of cycling, but we don't, we don't want to delve too far in, into politics, but it seems that, that in sport, there's this, uh, I guess for the most part, it seems like the bulk of people and even those representing Ukraine and Russia are, are all mutually aligned around like WTF, like knock this shit Absolutely, off. Absolutely. Yeah it's it's 2022 like we've been through enough shit and enough like conflict in the last you know 50 7500 years like like pull it together stop doing this bullshit and like let's move on and just like live life and so it seems that you know even between the russian and ukrainian athletes like i saw this in tennis and some some similar um comments in cycling too where they're just they're pretty united in the sense of like knock it off like yeah come on come on so that's yeah it's just it's i guess the last thing anyone wants to do is is repeat some other atrocities which are like to to then hate you know certain uh certain people just because they're from a participating yeah we don't their views are not <laughs> uh, in support so there's no way any of the pro cyclists had any say Right. Any of the Russian pro cyclists had any say in yeah. whether or not uh, their nation was going to be invading yeah. this weekend. Pretty crazy stuff. But uh, anyway, we, we, you probably didn't tune in to be reminded of the of the woe. But we do, I think, just want to you know acknowledge it and and extend some of our you know frustration and thoughts for for the country of Ukraine and um, hope to God this all ends soon. Yeah. For sure. We are aligned on that. Well, um, moving into kind of the next phase of the old potty, potty, uh -huh. potty McPotterson. That's a great way to call it. Uh, <laughs> how, how's your cycling week been? I know None. it's the <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Not, I, none at all. When yeah. was the last time you were out on the, the bicicleta? Well, I, I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll, be offer some form of transparency here but i think um for me just uh personally a lot like we've all been through a lot this these last few years um and i i really wrestled with like feeling as though you know i'm no i'm no special unique case but i think for me kind of just hit some mental like uh just uh tap out points of like hey i've got i've got to just like take a break so i'm i'm mm. you know even for me cycling became something that was a little uh less enjoyable and couple that with like the wind or not the wind but the cold and the rain of the northwest <laughs> and it's like 
well, it's not super inviting anyway. So, so yeah, the last few weeks have just been, uh, our few months actually have just been one of kind of, uh, taking it easy. And, and honestly, um, I'm surprised at how much my body adapted to cycling. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, like I, I did do a few rides and I hopped back on and like, sure. I lost some endurance, but just like my overall, like, uh, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess I did crash <laughs> on, my, on my last ride. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, so, but, but I felt like the strength and like the form was there in the sense of, of, uh, just feeling good pedaling, but, but yeah, definitely didn't have quite the endurance. Um, but I'm finding now like ways that I'm resetting my neck and my shoulders and like rebalancing upper body strength and like <laughs> such a silly thing, Matt, I was, uh, I was cooking some ground beef the other day, uh, in a pan oh, no. I was using like a spoon and like my forearm started cramping just from like <laughs> mashing this ground beef good grief and i was like this is this is bad <laughs> and uh but it's just crazy like these adaptations uh i think we've talked often on on the pod of just like not maybe being the best at having a whole holistic approach to uh physical fitness and just spending almost every ounce of physical energy on the bike uh and partly just due to like life and age and other things but also just not being great athletes mm-hmm. And, uh, and so anyway, yeah, it's just, it's funny, like, you know, finding positions and motions and daily activities where they feel, some feel like very comfortable and, and I feel like good. And then others, I'm just like, oh, I don't use those muscles anymore. Cause I'm holding on hoods and <laughs> sitting on a <laughs> tiny little saddle and just pedaling with my legs. So anyway, it's been, it's been a, a good, good season of life to just take a little break, mm. but uh, both mentally and physically, I think a good little break, but I do miss it. And, uh, you know, this week with, um, with these races is just firing back up that interest. And the other thing too, I did want to mention is, you know, uh, having lived in Texas, uh, recently, like I grew up there, but I, I, I didn't cycle when I was oh. there. <laughs> That's like what I'd say you moved away a year ago. Well, right. So having lived in Texas as a <laughs> cyclist, which was not my upbringing, you know, when I, I rode here in the Northwest where like it's pretty much rainy and cold most of the time, except for like maybe June, but definitely like July through about October is usually pretty killer. Um, when I first got to Texas, I rode like every day of the year just because I fucking could. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there'd be 65, 70 degree days in the middle of December and January. And I think I wore like, like, uh, arm warmers in a, in a vest a couple times in the winter. And, um, and so the first year I was there, I just rode all year because it was, it was awesome. And even during the summer, the funny thing is in the summer people in Texas would get on the trainer because it's like 105 out. <laughs> it's it's and, the opposite. And I was just like, I that's, don't care. I'm going. That's really funny. Um, so this year being one year back in the Northwest, having had a Northwest experience, a Texas experience, and then a Northwest experience, I'm now back to like the, it's cold and rainy and I don't want to go anywhere until like, <laughs> I don't want to get on my bike till June or July. And then two, 
the race season in Texas kind of follows this pro cycling calendar in some sense where the spring there's spring races, there's one day races, there's road racing, there's uh stage race weekends. Um, and they all happen like May, June ish. And so a lot of people are getting on, like start getting on form late, late fall, early, mm. early winter. Whereas like, um, I mean, in Washington, there are races scattered throughout the season, but most are going to happen like late summer and then cross happens in the fall. So like no one really gets into good form in January. Whereas in Texas, like you're churning it out. Um, so it's, it's, it's also just kind of an interesting transition for me mentally, you know, having kind of shifted between these climates and race seasons based on the geography. Um, and you know, people all across the world, you know, you have Southern California where it's like, Oh, I can go ride in January. It's no big deal. (laughs) Whenever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, then you have people like us who, or, you know, Midwest or other places where it's like, you don't want to be on a bike outside period, like in the winter. So, you know, just dealing with some of that. And, uh, I I guess just wanted to share that because, you know, a listener tuning in from say, Arizona. It's probably <laughs> like, what what do you mean it's cold? <laughs> Whereas, Although it's probably one of Arizona's oh, yeah. probably one of those places where it's much colder there than oh, we sure, sure. think no, that it, it probably is. That is. was a bad example. Someone tuning in from <laughs> like San Diego. San Diego. Like Southern California. Yeah. What do you mean you're not what do you mean you're not racing, yeah, bro? What do you mean, man? This is like the best time of year to be out like mm. throwing down the miles and facts. Facts. That is exactly how people speak. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everyone in Southern California. We love you. Yeah, it's fine. It's all affection. They're fine. They, they live in they live in California. Yeah. They can deal with it. Yeah. Uh, they live in paradise. In California. California. But um, anyway, so so yeah, I guess uh, over to you, Matt. How is your weeks, Bruh. So I've been. I think I've been writing maybe a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Um, for I've, sure. been, I've been getting some time on the trainer. Like when I'm like, Hey dude, do you want to go grab a beer? And you're like, no, I'm going to Zwift tonight. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, actually when you texted me, I was literally, literally Zwifting at that time. But, um, I, uh, so I've done like some woods time, which was cool. Um, but I think the thing that Explain has that been for our listeners. Oh, so <laughs> In the Northwest, there are these things called woods or forests, and there are trails within the woods or forests, and they're fun to ride around in. Uh, And I see it as a cross prep. But actually, I went out to 360, which is where you, I think you talked about mountain biking. Yeah, I crashed there too. Last time. Um, But uh, so it's, it's pretty cool kind of mountain bike course. But honestly, you know, driving, what, 40 minutes to get there, half an hour, are you saying yeah, more or less? Uh, I mean, about half yeah, an it was hour. About a half hour. Yeah, I just was thinking there's not much here that I don't have here in Tacoma. Like yeah. I could go to Swan Creek or go to China Lake, and I'm going to get a really similar experience. One cool thing about like 360 is that it's just huge. Yeah, and um, there are just tons of trails. There's lots of different types of terrain. So if, like, there's this one like gr- grueling gravel uphill which is it's one of those things where you're like oh i'm gonna attack this and then about a third of the way up you're like oh shit i need to slow down yeah because i'm about to burn out yeah there's definitely Um, some really uh some really 
difficult climbs. Sorry, my TV just turned on. I think one of my kids is trying to airplay to it. Whoops. Uh, I'm going to turn the volume down just in case it comes <laughs> No, there's, on. they're really, like this particular park, yeah, there's some pretty brutal climbs. Yeah, yeah. but it was super fun. And then I think the key thing that I want to, the key thing I want to highlight is uh i so i've been wanting to kind of get a a holistic kind of train that sounds stupid but a trainer that can advise (laughs) me in in the gym as well as uh on the bike yes yeah yeah. not like not like (laughs) not like a a machine that you pedal yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like a tax trainer like like a trainer like a human being and um one of the best trainers that I've worked with in terms of kind of like body mechanics. Like and, and a Wahoo train, train <laughs> art. Uh, like a, a motion-based uh, emotion kind of body mechanics type <laughs> guy. I'm just going to... Yeah, I didn't interrupt you, you Danny. you therapist? I didn't interrupt you. This is on your emotions? Um, his name is Eric Davis. He's actually uh, part of the cycling community here in Tacoma. Yeah. And he has been doing one-on-one training and group session trainings for for forever and i actually did some training with him a number of years ago um and then just had to stop because of reasons and then and then i decided to reach out to him and while he wasn't really able to deliver in terms of the bicycle side of training yeah i've i did i was doing two sessions a week one-on-one with him for probably about three weeks and then I've now signed up for their classes and I'm doing three classes a week with them. So this last week I did th- two classes in one one-on-one session. That's a lie. I did one one-on-one session because <laughs> I went to a show on Sunday night and I was not going to be getting up at 5.30 a.m. Um, to uh, on Monday morning to go do exercise. But this week is going to be three sessions. So tomorrow is going to be my second session of the week. But... It's been amazing. What's the key takeaway here again? The key takeaway <laughs> is that, so it's it's a whole body workout. Yeah. And it's not like leg specific, but it does, you know, we do um, uh, like we loads That's of like ke- kettlebell, right lots of kettlebell stuff. Because I never remember the names. Yeah. Uh, like squats. So we'll do like big kettlebell squats. And then we you do just make up new names for all these of things <laughs> called called swings. And we do these get ups yeah. where you hold a weight in your hand and you basically like from laying down on your back, you stand up through the series of steps and it's supposed to work out your whole body. Yeah. And so if that's the only exercise you ever did is just get ups, like you would essentially be doing a complete workout. Did you accidentally sign up for CrossFit and just no, it's up? not. It's not CrossFit. Like there's no ropes. There's no tires. It's just kettlebells and then and body mechanics. Um, so like we'll do things like uh, we'll do a plank and then we'll do sideways plank. So we'll go like left and right or we'll go into the leopard position, which is where you're on your feet and your toes and you just crawl forwards and then crawl backwards and crawling backwards is a pain in the ass. But yeah, humans weren't designed to crawl backwards. The key thing is that the last time I was at China Lake in the woods, I just felt so stable and I felt like I was able to do these technical segments so much faster than I ever could and with so much more confidence and and at first I was just like I'm I must be on fire like I'm I'm feeling great and it it occurred to me later on that this is probably a result of the workouts I'm doing and the body strengthening the upper body strengthening and then I had been doing some Zwift and I I think I did a one hour ride a few weeks back I just felt very weak and very stupid 
<clears throat> and then I did a ride a couple of days ago and I just felt like I had like abundant power. Like it just, it felt so different. And so what, what it's also helping me do is equalize some of the weaknesses in my legs, which yeah. I have, have been aware of for a while. Um, and so I've been kind of targeting that. And honestly, I feel like my riding is improving as a result. Um, and so I'm going to continue doing, I don't know if I'm going to make it all the way through to cross season, but I figure if I can do three sessions a week for a few months and then, and then just kind of go down to maybe two sessions to just maintain Yeah. by the time cross season comes along, um, I'm going to be cat three in bro. Oh yeah. Living yeah, the dream. Living the dream. And hopefully by then I'm not going to be working retail. So I'll actually be able to attend every race without nice. feeling like I'm punishing my family and disappearing. I like it, man. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, we we've got to take care of our bodies. I I still think of seeing these Instagram posts of some of the pro teams, like in the off season, doing just these stupid, oh. crazy ass, like <laughs> holding a medicine ball over the, or not a medicine ball, but like those yoga balls over their head, and then just doing like lunges and like going in a circle in a room. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell are they doing? But like that stuff's so fundamental. Yeah, or you know? Sags doing his like splits, oh, leaning geez. forward. I don't even remember what That's he was doing. Job. But uh, oh, um, and I just wanted Sags. to. So, um, Eric Davis, uh, Hybrid Fitness, uh, hybridfitness.com, I think is the URL. And uh, him and Kelsey uh, are so good, and nice. They just they kick butt. Like yeah, I was I went on Monday morning and I was feeling sore from Friday, and then just added another layer of soreness onto that. That sounds marvelous. Um, yeah, I it was one of those moments where I was like, I am looking at the clock. When is this right. gonna be over? Because this is painful, and uh, I'm not soup's enjoyment of this right now. Um, the other thing, just a like a tech bike thing. Um, I got my uh, Chinelli serviced. Oh yeah. At um, Cascadia uh, Wheel Co. Cascadia Wheel Co. AKA also Kelsey and Joey. Oh yeah. And um, <laughs> they, I basically like dropped it off for like a chain and then new stickers on the wheels because I still have Indigenous Wheel oh, Co. Yeah. And so they put on these sweet like pink stickers that match up with some of the little deets on the bike. Nice. And got a gold chain finally. Oh. Oh, that's uh, dedicated Andy. to uh, to Joe Kubachevsky. Yeah, and then and then they sent me an email with like his eight things you need to address right away. <laughs> Some of them were like the you know remember the brakes were rubbing. Well, yeah. that was partly because there was a little bit of left and right on the wheel, but also because basically like my brake bridges weren't even tightened. Uh, so I took care of that. I took care of some some uh, some shifting stuff and but just kind of going down the list the only thing i haven't done is the bar tape and i've just been been waiting for a little bit of moo moo that's money nailed it uh for well, that i think i might get black with like maybe pink uh stars pink back, on huh? there yeah i mean it just there's i don't know i don't know there's like enough little details on there that i think could really could really you know i'm just gonna One more time <laughs> really tie tie the whole scheme together it's gotta coordinate yeah I like, it. Coordinate. I like it what did you said right before the bike thing i was gonna mention something um about mm, hybrid fitness eh, about racing probably. about crit 
No, bah, we did. We bah, hadn't bah, talked bah, about bah, crits. Bah, bah. Um, well, anyways, shall we uh, dive into some pro cycling news? Because you know our news isn't that that exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll kick off by in a moment by digging into Umla Het Newsblad, which is if you can spell that correctly first time, then uh, then you are a better person than me because better I always person. feel like I can. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting it, and then I compare it to the actual word, and I'm like, damn it, I I miss that you. And I always put a T because it always feels like it should be Newsblatt. But in terms of pre-season, not pre-season, early season races, I think the one thing that's been kind of cool is seeing uh, Nairo Quintana uh, like just kicking ass on Arkea Samsic. Uh-huh. And dude, not gonna say it, but I feel like this could be no, this dude, could be his no. year, bro. God, this, this could be his yeah, he is flying uh, right now. And I know no. that it's early season. And there was no other like people to compete with him. No, but him. he was racing against some people. Uh I mean, admittedly that you know, it's not in any not none of the uh, Slovenians. Um but uh or, but dude yeah, no climbers, no wow. No, he is no. right. He was racing against. So, no, dude, he won Vin- the Tour des Alpes Maritimes et du Var. He won the Tour de la Provence. Okay, yeah, he did won Tour de la Provence. He's won every single stage race. He's he's won every race he's competed. Excuse me. Wow. Competed right in. There, yeah, I just had a little bit. It's the beer. Sorry, We're- this episode sponsored by Boulevard Brewing's Tank 7 American Saison. Get yourself a citrusy, balanced, dry, hoppy, and perfectly perfected American Saison from Tank okay, 7. Okay, dude, this is like a different start than 2021. 2021, he is did it- not race any of those early... Wait, that's the end of the season. Oops. Here it goes. Matt's going to do now. No, he didn't... <laughs> He did Tour des Alpes, but he he only came ninth, whereas he won it this year. And and then, you know, he didn't have a great tour. And then uh, oh, Tour wait. de la Provence, he did win it two years ago. Um, and then kind of like faded a little bit later uh, on in the season. Is there a trend that you're um, picking up on here? <laughs> I don't know, dude. He's just flipping. He's like, he's flying. Um, uh, Lanterne Rouge, uh, Lanterne Rouge, the Australian uh, video podcaster guy who is doing all the stuff I wish I was doing. Uh, he let's talk about that. Let's unpack that. No, I'm just kidding. He uh, he was pointing out that he he did a some of the best times on like the I think it was Col de Lain. Uh, he did like the best time ever and he's putting out some of his best numbers and some of the people that he's racing against are putting out some of their best 20 minute numbers of like like 450 watts and stuff like that and so like it i don't i i'm i like i like nairo yeah i know i do like him Uh he's like i know that there's lots to not like about him but there's something about it's just something about old quintana that like i just like him dude i i'll kind of I think, you know, I always, when he was racing against Froome, I always wanted him to win against Froome. Um, and I think since that time, it's kind of like, I just sort of developed a little bit of an affection for him. Clearly. Uh, but anyway, so he's he seems like he's flying. You Did you want to talk about Rusty Woods? Soup's quick. Oh uh, yeah, Ru- Valverde is still winning at like forty-one. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, Wood, Woods has had some <laughs> solid performances this year. I just. Uh, 
Always a Rusty Woods fan. Basically, anyone who was on Team EF and then went here, I am giving Matt shit about his his biases and mine are basically <laughs> anyone who raced on EF. But I can't think of a person who raced on EF and then left that I don't like. No, pretty interested in all of them. Yeah, but no, that's, uh, something, Woods that's is, something to unpack. He's had some good some good results. He what won his first time trial ever? Is that right? If I remember right. Uh, our highest placing time trial, podium time trial result in the last few weeks here. But uh, yeah, just excited to see what happens. Um, but I think most importantly, before we delve into all these auxiliary uh, writers of note, um, have to jump into Omloop, right? Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, spoiler alert here, Wout Van Art who had a pretty remarkable cross season. Granted, Matthew Vanderpool has been out and is still in recovery, but apparently did like a seven hour training ride the other day. So, Hey, my, me, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I did a seven hour training ride on my couch <laughs> on my computer. Um, no, but, um, but, uh, while had what won seven out of eight cross races, yeah, this the, the only one he didn't win was where he had a mechanical, and I think that was Hulst. Yeah, Hulst, and has basically and he came fourth. He yeah. came fourth yeah. from like fortieth or something and, crazy, and basically parachuted into his first <laughs> pro pro road race for the year as well, and won uh, on loop in a pretty dominating fashion. Now, as I was throwing maybe a bit of shade at Nairo, uh, there were several one day classic r- racers who were not. At Omloop, um, you know, Alaphilippe wasn't there. Oh, that's right. Um, you know, there's several others who uh, who will remain nameless because I don't want to spend a lot of time trying to remember people's names <laughs> <laughs> because that's a trend for us on this podcast. <laughs> How convenient. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, while, um, you know, had a pretty dominating performance specifically in the fact that he launched an attack at what about, it was like 15 or 14K to go. Yeah, and it wasn't even on like, and any hill of significance right it was just like a little uphill and have you seen did they sh- did is there a re i didn't see, so that <laughs> what are you trying word? to say so, like when it was live they yeah. didn't show him attacking they showed him having already broken away uh, from the group well, and i yeah. wish i could see like footage of ac- footage that's the word i wish i could actually see footage of him breaking like yeah. like breaking away and because uh, i want to see what the reaction was um well but- i mean the the way the race unfolded um was tige benute for now riding for yumbo visma uh, which by the way their team is looking pretty freaking awesome awesome this year yeah. uh but tige benute put in a an attack in in oh by the way like a, he what what race did he win he's won i mean sorry tige but He's had several wins. Well, he did win Strada Bianchi uh, three years ago. So so this is not a this is not a in a unnotable threat in the race. Oh my god, you're right about his ears. Sorry, don't (laughs) let's not talk about it. But Tish Benut (laughs) launched an attack. He has a smaller shoulder. His ears are as 
big as his shoulders. No, he seriously, like shoulders it's, and big ears. it's it's impressive. Yeah. Anyway, but, sorry, so yeah, go on. He attacked. I don't mean to. This maybe this is not the right thing. To say. <laughs> but Tiege uh, attacked, and his attack is one that has to be noted because he he he's a one day he's won one day races, and um and basically while kind of sat up and was like. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Like you, you got, he oh, so could good. win this race. And he's like, if he wins the race, it's good for us. Well, and then didn't Pidcock reflect and basically said that letting him go was a mistake. Oh yeah. They, it, because yeah. And then wow, basically had a free ride until. Well, and, and that was, was really back. the tactic that was quite amazing is that if someone would have gone with Tiege, Tiege is a rider who could have, contested a win and may have even worked with another rider and and frankly like wow is the kind of racer who honestly if that wasn't the plan he probably would have let him go like i think wow yeah. kind of the the rider that would would give his teammate the that's fair. the race um but no one went and so tige went pretty hard and pretty deep and and basically prevented any other attacks and came it came back together and then within a few few k's or not if not even that that kilometer that it came back together while went off and that was it and the fact that nobody went with wow was actually pretty surprising too yeah the footage of the group just shows them riding together like yeah. no attempt like nothing yeah um and it was in, you know they were collaborating pretty hard as a group like you felt that there was some good uh co-working uh to yeah. attack collaboration uh, collaboration I think, I think to, to like pull him back but they they couldn't um and actually a couple of minutes before the final line i i called out the podium oh yeah and i because it was obvious colbrelli was going to come second yeah and then i just had a sneaky suspicion that old uh old gregory yeah van avamatari was gonna was gonna come in third which is a great result for him as well yeah. um and potentially a sign of some hotness yeah. this season um sure. i feel like pidcock definitely disappointed a little bit and he acknowledged that he had made some mistakes uh throughout the race um well and i had i had heard too that brad wiggins has referred to tom pidcock as as like the most dynamic up-and-coming racer in the peloton I was like, well, it's kind of maybe not the right time to introduce that idea. Yeah, well, and what's interesting is he mentioned that on his podcast, which yeah. came out like the day before. I don't uh, know why yeah. they released his podcast the day before opening weekend. Right, right. I tried to listen to it, and I was like, this is this seems pointless. Like they're talking about Tom, like he's going to win this race, and yeah. he didn't really, he didn't really show. Yeah, he just kind of dropped off that front group. I'm not exactly sure what happened to him, but he. Yeah, he didn't. Well, no, I guess he kind of came in within a few seconds of the the front yeah. group. Um, well, and and I don't I don't want to fast forward too far, but um, I, I I was deeply moved, deeply deeply <laughs> moved by Wout's just posture at the end of the race. Mm. Too, I don't know if uh, if anyone stuck stuck around or saw any replays of kind of his post race interview, but um. I mean, one, it was just super cool to see Wout, like, you know, kiss his, his little toddler and oh, his yeah. wife at the finish Did you see line. him try and get a high five? Oh, yeah. And his kid is like, 
he's like, who are all these people? He's like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> uh, but um, so yeah, just like this clear affection for his those who are closest to him, and then two, um, you know, commented a bit on the race and in 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 in. in Oh my gosh. In his typical measure of humility, it was just kind of like, well, like, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I won. Of course I put it, <laughs> I'm on good form. Like, what can I say? But, um, but quickly shifted his comments to just say like, mm-hmm. Hey, look, like cycling's great and this is great, but like, we've got to knock this shit off and like move, m- move our move humanity past this stuff that's happening in Europe right now. And I don't know, it was just a cool, a cool, uh, a very classy place for his head to be. And mm. then two, even when he crossed the finish line, like he gave the peace sign and didn't mm. even really like celebrate until he was like past the finish line. And so anyway, just, I just appreciated yeah, his posture cool. in that, in those moments to, to, to maybe try to shift some focus and, and use his position to just, be compassionate and mindful of stuff i think uh one other thing i want to mention um maybe two other things before we kind of move on to to kbk is one is just that the ineos team looked looked great yeah um seeing ben turner who we watched at the cross worlds uh last month two months oh my god that was a month and a half ago i guess technically it feels like it was last month but seeing how he was contributing onto the front and riding for tom was just awesome and then ethan hater uh jonathan navias and uh magnus sheffield all just like nailed it um and you know uh navias had a, a pretty cool role in this race and then a really cool role to play in the next one where he uh, almost made it as part onto the podium and um, we'll talk about that in a minute the other thing i think we have to talk about is a what the heck is up with Team DSM's kit and why have they not updated it? And Sport Vlander and Baloise's kit still looks like some like Cat 3 team uh, out of Belgium. And dude, the Total Energies kit, I'm freaking in love with that kit. Oh, yeah. It dude, is it looks so, so, so cool. Um, I just wish Peter Sagan had done something well, in and that, that kit. Was, that was interesting. I, I, I hadn't planned to talk about this, but Sags finished like what forty eighth or something. Just crazy. Yeah, just nothing. And then the the only like comment he had is that like this new age of the peloton is so disrespectful. And he talked about like riders taking a piss in like piss the middle the- of the <laughs> peloton. And I'm like, bro, like are you just becoming that crotchety old man? I did. I think so. So anyway, it was kind of, although Stieber came 62nd and he was supposed to be leading that team, isn't he? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And then, uh, although did you see Jeffrey soup like riding on the front with his beard? He looks so flipping cool. So good. Yeah. Um, well, and briefly, um, to touch on the women's race as well, uh, Annemiek Van Vluten took the win there. And, you know, again, just, I think this is like people are saying this is the year of the Dutch women's dominance again. And it's like, is that a surprise? (laughs) 
That's <laughs> <laughs> the most ridiculous statement ever. I know. It's kind of like, <laughs> is that even worth being said? But, um, you know, we've yet to see Marianne Voss. Race. You know, I think this next year is going to be the year of Dutch women in cross. Uh, like, I think finally. Maybe. Yeah. Well, the short of it is <laughs> uh, Annemiek raced a great race, um, was really excited to watch the women's race. And again, do the women's cycling just continues to be... I mean, just wonderful racing. It's it's really beautiful racing. It's uh, it, it's, yeah. It's it was fun to tune into that and watch the mm. uh, women's race as well. So, um, great to see her win. And uh, yeah, some of this, it's just it's incredible to see how dominant some of the Dutch women riders are. It's just it's insane. Like they really do have the stronghold on the on the women's road race. KBK. Anyways, yeah. Kern, Brussels, Kern. There was another race that happened this weekend. Now, this is the one that Wout chose not to race, and good for him. You know, he's got to decide what races he's doing, so fair play. Uh, but we did see a pretty sizable group attack on one of the climbs with about 60k to go, and I think it was like 20, 20 riders. Yeah. And then from that group, we had uh, Jonathan Navarez of Ineos Grenadiers, the old Taco Vanderhorn, who was actually in the original breakaway, uh, got and and then this group kind of caught up with that group, and then he ended up then breaking away um, a little bit closer to the finish. And dude, Jumbo Visma, Christopher Christophe Laporte, uh, I was so rooting for him to win, and I don't know if it was just because you know how sometimes like commentators will they'll kind of build somebody up and then right. it's you start to get excited about them you know but this is a guy that has been racing for Cofidis for a while and has had some results um over the past years and has seemed like you know a very promising rider and you felt like oh this is going to be his big win he's going to take this race and um quick step alpha vinyl oh. records had yeah had a different uh had a different plan and dude friggin Jakob Fabiosen Fabi- took the win Fabio ahead of Ewan McCaleb Caleb Ewan McGregor yeah and uh, dude I just felt like I just felt like we were robbed of like an like an interesting finish by the sprint teams and I really wanted like I know that like you know some of these amazing races are the ones where you know, either the breakaway like holds out against the peloton. Right. You know, there's that famous stage and was it Tour of Turkey like 10 years ago or something like that, that uh, Carlton Kirby is like losing his mind commentating about. And uh, and I love it when those things happen because it feels like that's the person who should have won. Like they're the people who put the most effort in. Right. And I know that racing isn't like that, but it sometimes it feels like when a sprinter comes in and just kind of snaps that away, it's like you don't, you didn't freaking earn that. Yeah. <laughs> Although, dude, Fa- uh, Jakob Fabiusen, like his, he worked for that sprint. Yeah. Like that was not a kind of pop around the lead out man at the last minute and take the win. He probably sprinted with t- 250, 300 meters to go. He was already in his sprint and uh, kept uh, Ewan McGregor at bay and and definitely from a sprint perspective i feel like he earned that sprint um but it felt like it was just kind of taken from uh the laporte vanderhorn navaz uh group um 
who and and then in the end uh i think laporte came in eighth so so he was very very and then taco vanderhorn came in 10th and then Nevaez is like i don't even know what happened to him he must have really blown up um oh, okay so he came in 39th still same time but obviously just didn't quite have it at the end um but then, yeah, uh, Hugo Hofstetter and Dan McClay and Omari Capiot of Team Arkea Samsic all in the top 10, which is pretty awesome. Um, so uh, good for them. Well, and this this is interesting, too, because, uh, you know, this, I think, causes some question for, uh, for the old uh, Mark Cavendish, right? Of, yeah. Of, Mark- like... Is he going to be? Uh, is he going to be the tour pick? I don't, I don't think so. It's really, it's really tough to say. Not with Fabio. Well, and two, I mean, he uh, he even had a pretty big crash as well. Um, again, I feel like I feel like, and it was a road furniture related crash. Oh, and I'm God. just like, how many of these? Dude, can you have? I still remember that one from Milan Where his, San like, Remo. Shoe flew off. At the end. <laughs> it was just like the shoe was left on the ground, and Mark Cavendish was like in a in a heap on the road. This time, like this year. No, that was oh, the that, one. Yeah, the Milan San Remo one <laughs> where there was that sign, and he just. I mean, you could almost hear it. It was like the bang. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, as, as much as I'm excited to see Fabio come back, especially given you know his crash and and yeah, I'm not recovery. Well, I just <laughs> no, dude, he's fine. I mean, I I don't know this. I I really want to see Mark go to the tour, and this is just one of this. As much as I was excited to see Fabio win, Macchio Cavendishson. Yeah, Ca- Ca- <laughs> Cavendish's Mark. Uh, no, but I um anyway, it was it was a great race. Uh, fun to see it was a little like matt had shared just a little bit of a bummer to see the breakaway kind of lose it there at the end but all in a day's race dude i love um adam uh the former what's his name um the british commentator oh shucks. adam adamson's no it's just, he's just this like he, he was the guy that would wear like oh his all white oh, when yeah. he was like british uh oh you um england british champion he w- he definitely like sported the white shorts. Yeah. Um, he rode for the Aqua Blue team. Maybe it's not Adam, but anyway, he's freaking awesome commentator. Yeah. Um, I can get behind him. Like he he just I feel like he just gets to the crux of the race and is just super excited about it. And he's like, oh, I love this race. It's great, isn't this a great race? Yeah. <laughs> he just like and he was just so excited about. Because I, I think KBK was exciting because you just didn't know how it was going to turn out. Um, but then the ending was a little bit of a letdown. Umlop was exciting because you didn't know how it was going to turn out. And then it, it turned out how I wanted it to turn out. Right, right. Um, which, is, uh, which is the weird, weird thing about racing bikes, yeah. right? Well. Any, uh, any favorites for... Strada Bianchi. I know that Pidcock is racing, and he had a good year last year. Um, I think he podium did did. Um, Kwiatkowski. Well, I mean, Kwiatkowski's not been a favorite for a long time. Oh, dude, Campanarts, man, in KBK. Yeah, that was like he had like two or three mechanicals and a crash. Had blood Mm. on his arm. 
and then still freaking made it into the like yeah. top 10 like yeah what the such heck? A crazy such a crazy race to see like, <laughs> see him show up for man for sure yeah um oh and pogacar's racing formulo dude i love to see formulo do something i mean pogs is coming off some pretty pretty solid form here uh for sure so it's it's hard to count him out but i mean i honestly i think this could come down to uh alaphilippe pogs and maybe oh but maybe bade yeah maybe uh thibaut pino is also racing i want to throw out Mohoric's name. I I just got a feeling like he's he's got some one day like he's he like killed it at the tour last year with the two stage wins. I feel like I feel like he's he's ready for something. Dude, I'm kind of feeling like Pidcock. This could be a good race for for him too. Oh, Pit Pitters McPitterson. Yeah, he may be able to throw down. Um, you know, and and Michael Matthews you know, is always kind of the dark horse, uh, potential podium there, but you know, I don't know about old bling. No, I don't, I don't, this is not a race for him. Okay. So Pidcock didn't podium last year. He came fifth. I'm going to say Alaphilippe, Pogs and, and, uh, and Pidcock are, are my podium Mm. picks. I do think that last climb, I mean, it's like saying it favors it favors Alaphilippe or Pidcock. Uh, I mean, it, seeing Pidcock climb that world's yeah. climb over and over and over again. And, you know, I have video of him doing it like the last time. Yeah. And it honestly looked like it was as fast as he yeah, had done yeah. it the first time. Um, well, and he's a he's he's got a good power to weight advantage. Because he's a tiny little fellow. He's <laughs> uh, but we'll see. We'll see. So exciting racing coming up. Um, I guess there was a couple other last little nuggets just to throw out for funsies. But uh, he's like thirty. He's like almost forty k lighter. Than I yeah, am. yeah. You can like pick him up by his head. And just uh, hold on. How what so what am I? Right? Okay, well, so I'm actually at eighty three k. So he's 30k lighter than me. Yeah, he's pretty pretty small little yeah. dude. But um just a couple of little nuggets floating around out there in the cycling world. Um the new kicker roller uh I know product no- came out. Nothing about this. Just, what is this? It's basically they have a power uh, power what how do you call it now? Uh d- 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 trainer? D- no, it's no? it's the words for like the controlled resistance that is oh smart trainer yeah like the smart rollers oh um, weird it looks like it looks like a a roof mounted bike rack <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird Sorry. i just um i i wonder how many products they can release with by dropping the vowels out of all their words <laughs> but uh we'll see we'll see what happens what's next but at some point they're gonna find a word that's almost all vowels and yeah. then they're gonna be like what, what are we gonna do well here? and um you know they they took over the speed play pedals and, uh, you mean speed blue uh speed blue speed blue, speed blue. Speed blue. Speed blue. uh speed blue. Speed blue. dude speed it's 800 bucks man like that's not too far off what i spent for my tax neo uh-huh 
but yeah, they have the uh, they have this mm. and the the speed the Wahoo pedals now have the power mm. the power built into them. They've got the power the power. I've per. got the power. PWR per. Uh-huh. And then uh, also yeah. one other little nugget is. Have the... you wait before you move on? Have you read any reviews on on the no, roller? No way, man! No. Mm. I got a cheap pair of rollers from like for like fifty bucks from Performance Bike, and that's that's all the rollers I need, man. Um. Oh, DC Rainmaker. Of course. Has has one. What does DC Rainmaker say? He says. Great. I don't know. I'm not reading it while we're okay, talking. Okay, good. Well, then the last thing I wanted to say oh, is uh, the uh, Cervelo S5 uh, updated model was uh, apparently spotted uh, between Wout's legs. <sighs> Anyways, uh, earlier <laughs> during the Omloop race, so this is kind of a, a trend for Cervelo now. So they released their, their cross frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Marianne Voss and Wout racing it during the cross season without any type of official announcement. And it seems <laughs> as though the uh, S5 update is uh, is now similar and just kind of this random drop into the pro peloton. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I ride a Cervelo. So it's Matt's making faces. What are you looking Sorry, at? Sorry, it, it's not it doesn't it's not a power meter. It doesn't have a tra- it doesn't transmit power, the the roller. Uh-huh. So you have to have a power meter to be able to use it. But it's still erg ergonomically controlled, erg erg controlled, right? <clears throat> ergonomic. If you don't have a power meter, it won't transmit power. So apps like Zwift and others won't do anything with it. Interesting. Uh huh. <clears throat> so you do need. Okay, so I don't know that this is worth. I mean, I guess fundamentally, a roller though couldn't truly calculate power on its own, based on the. No, you're right. You're right. Rollers in motion. Interesting. Um, but I feel like I I kind of like the fact that the tax that I have has all of that built in. Like it just I don't I don't know. It's pretty cool. But I think the advantage is that you basically like you can just swap bikes out on it. So I think that's a place where I would definitely use it because right now, if I have my trainer in place and my wife says, Hey, I want to go on the bike for a bit. I have to move all of my stuff out of the way, set up my old tax blue motion and then mount her bike on it, pump up her tires, make sure that everything's connected properly. And this, you, you just, you just put it on and it and Well, and it, it, it looks like this actually has a wheel stabilizer for the front wheel. It does. That you can use to not have the typical roller. <laughs> Interesting. Catastrophe like Matt posted on our Instagram once. <laughs> fell off his rollers in the front yard. <laughs> Anyways, well, hey, uh, thanks for tuning in. I, I think that's all we got. We're going to go have some quesadillas and another beer and enjoy ourselves but uh hopefully this has been a uh enjoyable thing for i everybody. think it has been I'm i gonna would g- rate i'm it. gonna go out on a limb and say it has yeah i would been. rate it on like an eight out of ten sweet and definitely now that we're in the racing season um we're going to be looking to pod a little bit more regularly yeah, subscribe and give us a like and stuff and then also uh off the back podcast at gmail.com we are real humans on the other end of this podcast if you ever want to do uh reach out and share any feedback hybrid fitness if you're into coma yeah well 
Uh, hope everyone's having a great spring and ride ride safe, ride hard, and we'll uh, we'll dog a and, dog is coming. And in. my pup Runa just popped in to say hello and give Danny a good smell okay. because uh, it's awkward now. That's kind of what she likes to do. <laughs> she already knows how I smell. All right. Well, cheers, everybody. Thanks for tuning cheers. in. Cheers.